0: Love talk radio
1: Come on, put your hands together. Great is the Lord! gentlemen, welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. I'm your host, Gregory Turner.
2: And I'm your co-host, Brian J. Henderson.
1: World War Me, Brian. World War <laughs> Me. <laughs> what a title of a book. When when I saw this book coming out, I said, you know what? I think every man need to have this book in their house. They need to have it either in their house or in their car or in their desk at work or something. Because if you look around, Brian, uh, the men we're just going through, not saying that women aren't going through or children are not going through, but men, we need, we need this book. We need to hear from uh, Pastor Jamal Harris from Brian. We need this kind of thing. And this is something that we've been waiting for. And to those out there, if you don't know, get the book.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I I think when you really look at society today, there is a sort of an attack on the leadership. Mm -hmm. And that attack is especially, uh, in in my opinion, on our African-American communities. You know, we already face a lot of uphill battles when it comes to uh, disparities, disparities in education and economic opportunities and so forth. But when you really look at it, it's our young black men, they have an even tougher battle because, you know, a lot of times you have all these other things going on, but then the war within yourself, the things that you don't believe you can do or the things that you believe you can achieve, they tend to hold you back. And a lot of times it's it's all in your mind. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what the book, you know, really says to me. You know, when I read the title "World War Me," it's like it's not the it's not that I'm against the world; it's that the the war is within me, mm-hmm. and it's like a world war, if you can imagine.
1: Wow! And you know, I just applaud Pastor Brian for writing this book and being transparent, as he always is. I mean, he he's not running from anything; he's not dodging anything. He's just telling it straight up, just like it is. And that's yes. what men, that's what we need to hear. And to to all the mothers out there listening, you need to get this book.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You need to get this book because this book will explain some things to you that your son is going to grow through that you're probably not aware uh, of some of the things that's going on inside him.
2: Right, right. You know, and, and especially for single parents, single mothers, you know, they have an even tougher battle because in in many homes they don't have that male role model or that male example to teach their young men how to be real men yeah. and so any tools that you can utilize please do so you know i mean if you if you have the you know the the ability to have another male that's a positive influence on your child then do that mm-hmm. you know whether it be a church member or maybe a coworker You know, but make sure that it's a positive male influence, because too often our our youth are, you know, are faced with who they're going to follow, you know, because even even someone who may have leadership abilities, they have to learn how to follow before they can learn how to lead. So they tend to follow people, and we want to make sure that our youth are following the right people and they're hearing the right messages. You know, so when we have someone like a Pastor Jamal Bryant that comes out and gives you the real deal on the message, you know, we definitely want you guys to hear that.
1: Yeah. And, and, Brian, on the very front cover of his book, it says, How to Win the War That I Lost. Mhm. How to Win the War That I Lost.
2: Brian, right. how many
1: people do you know that will come forward that, that have gone through something that's tough? and said, you know what, I'm going to reach out to people that are going to come behind me so that they don't fall into this trap. No, what you'll see is you see a lot of bitter, angry people that will only uh, just lay around and waddle in, in, in self-pity and just be angry at the world. But this is not what this brother is doing. No, I, no. I love the title of his book. I, I love it. You know, World War Me. That's that's so <laughs> that's so profound, man. I, I couldn't do nothing but laugh because, you know, every, everybody knows Pastor Jamal Bryant. Every time you hear him speak he's always coming up with something. Mhm. But the thing about it, Brian, it's all scripture based. Yes. And that's a beautiful thing.
2: Yes, that absolutely. Cool. You know, Greg, just Today I was just reviewing, you know, what we were going to discuss with Pastor Bryant, And I was going over his book, and something that struck me that I was reading, you know, and I'm going to find it here because I wanted to make sure I remembered it. It says, your responsibility is firmly fixed. You can deny it. You can ignore it. But it says, your decisions and conduct will come back to you. He said, you can avoid it one way or another. Accountability for your decisions and conduct will come back to you. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I thought about. You know, how many of us are willing to admit that we lost?
1: Mm. Not many.
2: How many of us are able to come back from a loss?
1: But You know what, Brian? I want to ask this question Did Pastor Bryant really lose the war, or is he winning now?
2: Ah, that's a good question.
1: I mean, there's so much to learn from the things that he's doing. Just pay attention to what he's doing. He's reaching out. He's not walking around here with his head down. He's saying, I lost the war for now. (laughs)
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But um but he's back. He's fighting, he's and and he's letting you know, hey, I'm back. I, I'm not gonna I am back i am not i am i am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. And uh, I mean what a perfect example uh of of a soldier in that army. Mm-hmm. You, you used to hear those old songs, Brian. We were going up, we were little and you could hear you at people at the church they singing that song, we we're marching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And that's what this brother's doing. I really love what he's doing. But unfortunately we, we, we found out that Pastor is uh, uh not gonna be able to join us tonight. He's he's in some business meetings and he sent uh his uh you know, he's he's definitely gonna come back with us. Uh, we're working mm-hmm. on having him reschedule and it will be soon. He's gonna come on soon and, and I tell you what, his people were very apologetic and they were so sorry and, and but it was one of those things that he was looking forward to, and and I know a lot of our listeners were listening, looking forward to it. But uh, the show yes. must go on, and we're going on. And I tell you what, you have to get this book, World War War Me. You have to get this book.
2: Yes, yes. Well, no, you know, Greg, I want to really focus on the issue of of the war within you. You know, we don't have Pastor Brian to come on to expound on that today but I think you and I may be able to you know at at least give a little insight on that because a lot of times like you know like the book says war world war me you know and it talks about him and what he went through and the battles that he created for himself Mm -hmm. you know and and you know that speaks volumes to a lot of situations that we go through you know, a lot of these wounds that we get are self-inflicted wounds, Mm -hmm. you know, where it was our fault that that didn't go the way it was supposed to go. It was because of something we did that that outcome wasn't favorable. And yet we tend to blame everybody else. Mm -hmm. It wasn't my fault. He didn't do this or she did that. And I'm not the one to blame. You know, it's it's, it's almost sad that we don't want to own up to our own responsibilities and our own actions. You know, I've been watching the news lately, and you have all these issues of these youth killing other youth. And one of the things that I would constantly see is the parents, and they'll say, my baby didn't do that, or my baby wasn't responsible, or he was a good kid, or she was a good girl, you know, and you know, the parents that, that have these children that are, I don't want to say wayward, but I i want to say they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. You know, the responsibility normally, usually lies on the parent. Mm-hmm. It does. It lies on the parent and the things that that parent has done. But when you have a parent that has done everything that they're supposed to do right, and then that child still isn't doing what they're supposed to do, then I believe the responsibility lies within them. And that's where the world war, that's when the war, you know, that's where the war comes in. Because a lot of times these youth are warring within themselves. They don't know how to fight the battle. They don't know, you know, what armor to wear. And sometimes it's because the parents have gone through that same battle, that same war. And they weren't equipped and so they didn't know how to beat how to fight the battle.
1: But you know what, Brian, Dr. Jamal Bryan is saying out loud and he's <laughs> his book speaks volume when it says battle strategies for life success. Yes. We have to be prepared and we have to know how the enemy fights. Any army, Brian, will study the enemy. Mm-hmm. They'll study the enemy. When you've been in a war, when you've been in a fight, you know how your opponent is going to come at you. You know how they fight. And now you're prepared, especially when you study. He's preparing a multitude of people, Brian, a lot, a ton of people. He's preparing them. If you read this book, you will see a lot of the things that Pastor Brian has gone through. And, again, he said it many a times. He wants. He don't want anybody else to fall into the traps or do or go or walk in the same path that he did. Mm
0: -hmm. He don't want
1: you to do that. He wants you to see, hey, you know what, this is a bad move. I won't do this. You know, I'm thinking about this now, and and Pastor Bryant went through this, or my dad went through this, and I don't want to repeat this. And and sometimes, Brian, it becomes a cycle. Yes. It becomes a cycle that some uh, generations, they just can't break. But now you have uh, a blueprint uh, mm-hmm. that's that's explaining life lessons, learned lessons, experienced lessons, not from what somebody else, uh, what you heard, but this man has gone through it. And believe it or not, Brad, a lot of people have gone through this, and they can write books and say, you know what, I've been through this, and this is something that you shouldn't do. But how many right. people are being selfish with their blessings? Mm. God has brought them out of it. They're brand new again. The creeps are, the creeps, and cuffs are back in their pants again, Brian. And they're brand new now. But they're not blessing anybody else with the things that they've gone through.
2: Right. And, you know, Greg, when you think about it, a lot of times they don't do that because they don't want to relive that hurt. Because you have to think about every time that you talk about something that's happened to you that whether it's been positive or negative, you relive that moment. You relive that time where, let's say, if you had been molested and you're talking about molestation, you know, you have to relive that moment when you talk about it, when you discuss it, you know, because it's still in your mind, it's still in, you know, it's still there. You know, you may overcome it, but you still have to relive it every time you talk about it. And so for, uh, for many people, that may not be a comfortable thing to do, you know. And, that's again, that's why I applaud uh, Pastor Brian for going back and opening up those wounds mm-hmm. because they are wounds. You know, you can be healed from the wound, but you still may carry that scar. Mm-hmm. And that scar is a reminder of the wound that you suffered. You know, you may be healed of that wound, but the scar is still there. So if somebody goes, up, goes back and opens up that scar, and cuts that that wound open again, you know, you're not going to forget that. You're going to know that they've opened that wound up, mm-hmm. you know, and you're going to get the same feeling if somebody even gets close enough to you to open up that wound. Mm-hmm. You know, so for many people it may be difficult to talk about or discuss, you know, their pain, their sorrows, their misfortunes, you know. But I, I love where it said, count it all joy. See, you have to count even the things that you've gone through, even the even the bad times. you have to count them as being joy because you've experienced them, maybe not for yourself but for the next person who who can't get through it. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You see true. it may be a, it may be that you had to go through this so somebody else doesn't
0: right and
2: you know think I mean, about what Jesus did for us, he died so that we could live that's right. you know because nobody could have suffered what he suffered he carried the sins of all men and
1: and women and brian he was born for that yeah (laughs) believe it or not brian some of the things that we go through and pastor brian talks about this in his book a lot of the things that we go through we were born to go through it yes it wasn't our decision sometimes for some things that happens in our lives it's not our decision and it's not our choice but sometimes things happen when you're pretty much born to go through it. Just think about it. God trusted Pastor Bryant to go through what he went through because God has a way of turning a bad situation and, and getting the glory from it. Yes. But you have to be obedient when you're going through that thing. Mhm. And God trusted him and said, okay, I have a plan. You might not know the ending results of that plan. And and to be quite honest and frank with you, it's none of your spiritual business anyway.
2: That's right. That's right.
1: And, you know, and. Yeah, the, the, the thing, the obedient thing is, by when you're going through that, if you don't have a relationship with God, if you don't know him for yourself, oh, you will get to know him.
0: Because <laughs>
1: there's going to come a time when you will be knocked to your knees. There's going to come a time when a lot of people are up high right now and they think that nothing can knock them or they don't really have anything to be worried about. You can be knocked to your knees in a matter of minutes. It can happen. You're not exempt and you're not above it. There's no rich man and there's no poor man exempt from troubles. They're coming. But the thing is, how will you respond when they come? If you're not prepared, if you're not prepared, you're in trouble. And Brandon says in the Bible that a, a, a lot of our people are perishing for what?
2: Lack of knowledge. <laughs> or a lack of knowledge. You know, one of the things that I learned, and unfortunately I learned it the hard way, is that when you go through something... The reason, you, the reason you, they say you have to go through it is that you have to go through. You can't stay in that place. You know, when you get burned by the iron, you know, immediately your body knows to pull away from it. You know, you don't stay there. Look, even if your mind says keep your hand on it, your body has a reaction where eventually you're going to move that hand. You see? So even you know if your body knows to move away, you know your mind has to be prepared for that. You know, when you see people that do things and they know they're not supposed to do it, they know that they're not supposed to do that. You know good and well you're not supposed to uh, take drugs into your body. You know good and well you're not supposed to sleep with that person that you're not married to. You know good and well that you're not supposed to cheat, you know, when you are married with somebody else's spouse or with anybody, for that matter. These things you know good and well, but we detach our minds from our bodies.
1: Mm. And, Brian, a, a, a beautiful thing that I like and I read in the book is having a mind to survive, and then that just goes uh, hand in hand in what you're saying. If, if your mind... you we we were all given a sound mind,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and we have to use that. And uh, Pastor talks about uh, choices, and it's so important that the choices that we make, because a lot of decisions and choices that we have it's not just tied to you and I, Brian, when we make a choice. It is also connected to your family. Mm-hmm. It's connected with your family. A lot of other people hurt when you hurt. Or you go to jail and you've done something wrong and you go to jail. Guess what? Your family is in jail with you. Yes. And, and once it's done, you can't take it back. And, Brian, what happens when 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 we're caught up and and we're in trouble? What do we say? I should not. Oh, God. Something, told me. something <laughs> told me not to do
0: this.
1: Something told me not to do this. But again, Brian, we have to have that mind uh, to to want to survive. And like you were saying, we know right from wrong. We know right from wrong. But again, Brian, I still say it falls back onto our relationship with God. We have to keep him first. Because if we don't, the enemy will slip right in. Mm
2: Mm-hmm. He will. Yep. You know, I'm... I'm actually reading from uh, one of the chapters in Pastor Brian's book, and it says he and he goes to Romans and he talks about Romans, the eighth chapter and six thirty eighth verse, and he says the mind of a sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the spirit is life. <laughs> yeah, see, that's the thing that's so important, especially with our young men, because our young men are are unfortunately so quick to be angry you know they're so quick to try to defend their territory you know and they don't use their mind they use their it's almost as if they become animalistic and they start to use their instinct versus their intellect you know and there's nothing wrong with having instinct but you have to use intellect with instinct you know and i, and I truly believe that intellect Match with instinct will will get you out of every situation you may get into, and it'll lead you into the right directions.
1: Right. Right. And, that, and that's so true. If you're just joining us, Dr. Bryant is not with us right now. He he had to reschedule. And his again his his camp is is really really. Uh, down about it that he's not going to be with us tonight, but he uh, did. Camp did promise us that he would be um, back with us. And he will come on with us, and we'll we'll have a a wonderful show. But if you if you didn't know, you need to get the book War War Me. Brian, they need to get this book. I'm I'm going to push it even after this mm-hmm. show. I've sent this email out to a ton of people saying, "Listen, you need to get this book." And one guy, Brian, I was in the gym just yesterday, and I and I walked up to him, and we were talking. And he was talking first, and the only thing I said was, world war me.
0: <laughs> and he
1: said, what do you mean? I said, tell me, what's the first thing that to your mind when you hear that? And, Brian, it, the first thing he said was spiritual warfare.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He said that's the first thing that came to his mind when he heard me say that, spiritual warfare, the fight that's within and, Brian, you know what? We are our own biggest enemies. You know that? That's right. We are our own biggest enemies. We, we are the ones that stop ourselves. And we are harder on ourselves than we are on anybody else. We can forgive somebody else for hurting us. We can forgive for so many different reasons, but when it comes down to forgiving yourself for making a bad choice or blaming yourself for something that you were born to go through, we have a
2: tough time dealing with that. Mhm. We do. We do. We
1: have a really
2: you know, and, good, tough time. You know, and and Pastor Bryant talks about that in his book. He talks about dealing with pressure. You know, the you know, and I don't want to reveal what he talked too much about in the book. But how do you deal with pressure? I mean, that's one thing that nobody really has, you know, in my opinion, really delved into and discussed. You know, on the church level, you know, we hear about faith, we hear about forgiveness, we hear about salvation, but how do you really deal with pressure? You know, and when I, when I talk about pressure, I'm talking about peer pressure, you know, talking about, you know, when you're in a situation where you can't get out of it, you don't have a way out and you have to get out. You have no choice but to get out, but there's no, there's no door, you know, there's no window, there's no crack in the wall. You know, there's just a wall, and you have to get out. You know, and you know, in my opinion, I think that if more people would would discuss how to how to properly deal with pressure, because you know, I've always heard pressure busts the pipe. That was that was the explanation for pressure. Well, you know, pressure busts pipe. You don't want to get too much pressure on. Well, how do I not get it on me? You see, well, they say, well, don't deal with that situation. Well if you know if that's going to cause pressure then don't get into that. You know, but the reality behind that is what if I'm in a situation and getting out of it causes more pressure than staying than having me stay in it. You see? I remember uh when we used to do our shows and we would have uh women that had been uh abused in some form or manner. And I remember there was a uh a lady in particular who talked about how she had begun to embrace Mm -hmm. the fact that her uncles were molesting her. And she said at one point she started to initiate it. And, you know, it just struck me because I'm thinking, wow, she had begun to take something that was unfavorable for her, and she made it worse. She began to embrace the negative aspects of what was going on in her life because she had no knowledge of how to get out of that situation. Nobody had shown her how to get out. So she turned her pain into pleasure.
1: Mm. Brian, you know what? The enemy is upset, Brian, about this book.
2: Absolutely.
1: (laughs) A lot of his secrets are being exposed. A lot of things that... uh, we didn't know we know now right he's exposing the enemy for what he truly is. he used terms like war uh, and 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 he he talks about different things in the book mine it's just I mean it's just he's talking about different wars back in the day and and how mm-hmm. uh, we're surrendering at will because just like the lady did, she surrendered to that thing that caused her the most pain and the most agony. Right. She went to that. And I, too, I, I, I recall that, that show myself, Brian, and
0: mm-hmm.
1: my mind was messed up. I had to pray about it. I said, Lord, I mean, I I, I don't understand. Yeah. I, I just don't understand. How that was a
2: tough show for me, too, and that's why I remember it so well.
1: Yeah. And, and But you know what, Brian? You have a lot of men, you have a lot of women that are in that spiritual warfare. They believe that this is it. It won't get any better for me. Because what the enemy will try to do is he'll try to strip you of all your pride. He'll strip you of all everything that you know to be true that the Bible and what God has promised
2: you. That's right.
1: And what he'll also do, he'll try to isolate you from your friends and your family and for the, from the ones that are there to help you.
2: And at the same time, he'll shield it to where you think that everything is fine.
0: Yeah.
2: And when he finally unveils it and shows you the ugly side of yourself, then he sits back and laughs.
1: And what, you, know, he, you know what? The beautiful thing about all of that is the thing that we have to remember, we can fall, but we can get up. That's right. The enemy fell, but he can never get up. <laughs> We can always get up. That's not a license to go out there and mistreat people and hurt people and cheat on your wife and do all this crazy stuff. That's not a license, a uh, free pass to do that. But when you have that relationship with him, with God, and you are about to do something that's wrong, a lot of times, Brian, you'll step back and say, oh, wait a minute, I, I, this is going to harm our relationship. What is he going to think? Because, Brian, if we truly put him first and and say to ourselves every time we're in that situation, we know that we have a weakness, we all do. We all have weaknesses Mm -hmm. now.
0: Mm hmm
1: You know, we're we're not above uh, not having weaknesses and not falling to sin. We all fall short, let's just say that, and get that out of the way right now. That's right. And you have a lot of men and women that are addicted to sex. And I'll say this, Brian, you have more people addicted to sex than you do drugs. And when you are at your weakest point, think about him first. Don't think about your family. Think about him first. Because when you please him, you automatically please everybody else. Or they should be pleased.
2: And if they're not, does it really matter? Because it's about pleasing him first.
1: He's everything. And you never should put anything before him. And that's the disconnect that the enemy wants to place in between us, they want to put, he want to put that wedge in between uh, us and God, and Brian, when we do mess up, what's the first thing that the enemy do, he'll pick at you, look at you, he'll put it up in your face, yeah, now he wanted you to do it anyway, and then Mm -hmm. when you do it, he's there to tell on you, (laughs)
0: look at you,
1: look God, look what he did now, this is one that you said is perfect, this is one that you said is great and mighty, this is one that you, no, 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 look at him. And now you're beat up. You don't know where to turn. You don't know what to do. You don't know what steps or what strategies to pull yourself back up because your help is there. It's just a matter of you reaching out for it because God's hand is always extended. Mhm. We just have to know it when we're going through it. And sometimes, Brian, we hear all the time that people will say something that you read in the Bible Last night you can read it and you're going through And you're sitting on the side of the bed And and you're reading something And somebody the next morning can say that Very same thing that you read But you, it'll, it'll be a little bit more Powerful when they say it You're like mm. you know what I read that I know all These things but thank you brother For telling me that You just never know what a person is going through
2: Yeah you, you never, never know
1: You never know You never know And no matter what, Brian, we should never give up and stop fighting.
2: No, never give up. Never give up. You know, and that's what he wants you to do. He wants you to give up. He wants you to believe that you have lost the war. Mm -hmm. You know, and I was listening to uh, one of the video blogs that uh, Pastor Brian put out there. He said, I almost lost it all. And when I heard that, I said, wow. He said he almost lost it all. Almost. See, see, many people will think that he lost it all. Mm -hmm. You know, they'll look at his situation uh, surrounding the reason why he wrote the book, and they'll say, oh, he lost everything. Mm -hmm. Oh, he's going to lose everything. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's the thing. What do we, what we consider to be losing everything, it may be, that he was he wasn't supposed to have that particular thing anymore. Maybe it he had used it up, or he it had been had lost its usefulness. And see, that's what many people fail to realize. When when something is taken away from you, it's not because you know. It, it may just be because you okay you're done with that. You know you don't need that anymore, or that has lost its usefulness with you, or maybe. You know, and I'm not saying this is in everyone's case, but maybe it was a reason that maybe you didn't know how to use it. I mean, there's so many different reasons, and I don't want to speculate on why or how, but I just firmly believe that when when something is no longer with you, if there's a reason behind that. That reason could just very well be because maybe you weren't the best steward of it. Or it could be that, okay, now you're done with that. You don't need that anymore. You used to need it, but now you don't. You see, and, you know, many people don't understand that because they don't have that type of relationship with God. They feel like, I'm supposed to have this, and I don't have it anymore, and I don't understand, you know, and maybe it's just now you're done with that. You don't need that anymore. You know, here's something else for you to have or something else for you to do and they're not prepared to let go. And so because they aren't prepared to let go, they keep holding on and holding on, and they're wondering why they're not getting their blessing, or they're wondering why am I still in this situation. I'm not supposed to be in this situation because, you know, I did this, that, and what have you, and I'm supposed to be through this, but they haven't let go. You know, it's like holding on to something. You know, there's a there's a story where the man fell off a uh, cliff and he said he didn't believe in God. And, you know, when he got out on that cliff, he says, well, God, if you're real, you know, if you're supposed to be real, talk to me now, save me now. And God tells him, okay, yeah, well, just let go. And the guy says, no, I'm not going to let go. I'm on, I just fell off a cliff and I'm holding on, you know, to this branch or whatever it was. And he says, I'm not gonna let go, I'm gonna die if I let go. And God just tells him, No, just let go. And so they find the man, you know, the next morning where well, he's frozen to death. He hadn't let go the branch and he's three feet away from the ground. <laughs> you know?
1: <laughs> I've heard something similar to that. Right, you know what I I wanna say this too, that if you ever really want to know how your relationship is with God. If you ever want to know what kind of man you have or what kind of woman you have, let adversity, let adversity and trials and tri- let those things come, and you know, watch how that person deals with it. You'll know what you have then. You'll know what kind of relationship that person will have. And I just love Brian talking with older people. Mm-hmm. I love sitting out and talking with them. They have a way of making everything seem so simple. And when you step back and look at it, it really is that simple. Mm-hmm. Things that you have no control over, why worry? The time that you're spending worrying is time, valuable time that you could be praising him. Yep. The harder the enemy fights, the harder you should praise or the louder you should praise. He's fighting you at such a high level then you fight back at a higher level. There's power, Brian, in that name. It, it's power. There's power there. And we have it to is. know how to call on him, and we can't just just say his name in vain in any old conversation, Brian. If people just knew how important and how powerful that name was, they wouldn't just say it just to be saying it like any other word of the day. No, 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 no. It's more powerful than that.
2: Yes, absolutely. You know, Greg, I'm I'm going through the book and one of the chapters on in the book World War Me is called Assigned for Special Forces. Mm -hmm. And I haven't read the whole chapter, you know, but just the title just speaks volumes at what God wants for us. Mm -hmm. You know, and what he has us there for. You know, we're here for a reason you know and you know i always say that the more the more god puts on you the more he has for you you know so if he's giving you an assignment and you think it's an impossible task complete that assignment and wait for that reward cuz it's coming you know but when i when i look at that title it just caught my attention because i thought about the special assignment that, that i know i have You know, and I don't tell everybody this, so I'm not going to tell everybody on the show what my what I believe my special assignment is, you know. But the thing about it is when I first learned about what I'm supposed to do, it was like I was met with so much negativity and so much, you know, adversity, you know, and I'm actually still seeing it, you know, and I haven't even fulfilled, you know, a portion of what I'm supposed to be doing, you know, haven't even begun to work in what I consider my calling. But I met so much adversity and so, so many people were on the attack. It was like, okay, they know what I'm trying to do, and now it's time to bring me down. And that's what will happen. That the enemy will try to bring you down when you learn what it is you're supposed to do. He's going to keep that out of your head and out of your mind and out of the forefront of your mind as much as he can. Because he doesn't want you working for God. He, If he has you working for him, there's no way he's giving you up. And so that's what happens with so many people. They never find out what their true calling is because they get something that they think they're good at. They like it. It makes money for them. You know, they They're sort of happy, and they think, this is what I'm supposed to be doing, when they have no idea what they're supposed to be doing. You know, when I was in high school, I liked computers, and I decided I'm going to go to college and be a computer engineer. Then I got to college, and I realized that I didn't sign up my proper paperwork, so I couldn't go into the engineering school. I had to go into computer science. So I said, okay, I'll be a computer science major. And then I found out that uh, the computer science major was so much more programming, and I didn't really like to do programming, even though I was pretty good at it. So I went to the professional option, you know. And now that I'm in the professional option, I'm actually having to do programming, computer engineering. (laughs) You see, it's like all those things that I wanted to do, my focus sort of changed because I had uh, an obstacle placed in my way. But it all came around full circle to where I'm doing all those things now. Mm-hmm. You see, and that's what, the, that's what the enemy will do. He will try to keep you off balance and off track. But if you stay focused, if you stay persistent and consistent, you know, you'll achieve your goal.
1: And one thing I like about my mom always told me that when you're in a position with uh when everybody's fighting against you, when you feel that, the attacks, and you feel that you just can't go anywhere. You feel that you're stuck. That's when you should praise God in advance. That's when mm-hmm. you should praise Him and thank Him, even though you can't see past today. Thank Him, even when you don't have a dollar to do anything. And so many times, Brian, we have things and uh, we have goals that we want to meet. We don't know how we're going to meet them, but the thing about it, Brian, it's not any of our business how we're going to meet them. Our thing is, the thing that we need to learn to do is to believe that we will be able to do it, and he will take care of us, and he will make it happen as long as we act and work our faith. That's it. There's one thing you hear the pastor saying, uh, and I'm just going to say it's just three words. Rejoice in advance it's it's hard, Brian to rejoice in advance when you're in the middle of, of foreclosure when you're in the middle of sitting in a uh, a hospital and you're in a waiting room and and the doctor it just seems like that your loved one ha- hands are are or just just tied and there's absolutely nothing they could do and there's nothing else that you could do it's It's hard to rejoice at that moment it's hard to do that. But when you're driving around in a Rolls Royce and a Bentley, and you have that Benz and that Maybach and you're living in a mansion and you have all these wonderful things, it's easy to appraise them then.
2: That's right.
1: It's easy to do it then. But when the But when you can't see your way and you can't fight, when you feel like you can't fight, there's something fighting for you. He said all you need, Brian, is the faith, and the amount and the size of a mustard seed. That'll make things happen. That's That'll it. make things happen. A lot of times we think ourselves out of what we're really believing. Oh, that can't happen for me, but it can happen for you, Brian, or it can happen for Pastor Brian. That that, that See, things like that, or they, they can happen for you, but they won't happen for me. Things don't happen for me like that. Well, stop talking so negative
2: stop mm-hmm. believing
1: you've already accepted failure. You already accepted defeat.
2: A good friend of mine will call that stinking thinking.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: and Brian, again, we are our own enemies, our worst enemies, and that is that big war that that that's within us. And a lot of times, Brian, we are so close to victory that we, you know, we already have won. It's already a set, and it's not fair to the enemy, Brian. I'm going to say this. It's not fair to him because he cannot win.
0: <laughs>
1: That's bad right. Times, bad times and dark days don't last long. They just seem like they last long. And, Brian, God is so powerful and so, so graceful that you can be in the worst mess in your life, and you will say, Lord, I'm going to die if you don't do something. How many times have you been in that position? He gets you through it every time.
0: <laughs>
1: and, and Brian, he, it, it's so beautiful. He'll take you out of that situation, and you won't even know that you're out.
2: Yep. It's almost like you'll be treading water, in the water and you'll be thinking you're in a deep hole, and you're in shallow water.
1: Brian, he'll, <laughs> make, he'll make it go away. He'll make it go away. But this is the thing that we must remember. When we're promoted, when we are... or or given the big job, and we get the big money, and we get the movie deal, and we get all these things, and we say, let's go out and celebrate. Well, who are you going to celebrate with? What do we do? We go to bars, and we celebrate and give the glory to who? The enemy. (laughs) How many people, now, they won't say it. People don't like it when you tell them that. Yeah. Oh, we're just going to celebrate. We're just going to celebrate. Did you even thank God when you were praying and you were on your knees and going through all this and you thought the world was coming down on your shoulders and you thought that you were going to die? You thought that you would never get out of this situation. And now that you're out of it, you didn't even thank him. When you got that phone call, you didn't even, who did you, what did you do? You called your friend first before you thanked God. And he made it all happen for you. If God would treat us like we treat him, oh, my goodness, Brian.
2: Oh, boy. I would say that I would rather not have him treat me the way that I know. Sometimes I've treated him. So, you know, Yeah, you're absolutely right.
1: If he turned his back on us, Well mm. a lot of us were left for dead a long time ago. All yeah. you have to do is look back over your life. And that little girl that's grown now that was being molested every night that couldn't sleep because she didn't know who was going to come in her room or that uncle or that or that cousin or or the friend of her family was coming in the room and, and, and doing ugly things to her.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Brian, we talk about this all the time.
2: Yes, we do. We do. We talk
1: about this all the time. And, Brian, so many women and so many little boys now are men. They've gone through this and... They can win. They can walk in victory. They can have the lives that they dreamed of always having. They can do that. And Pastor Bryant has laid out uh, something that's—I uh, mean, Bryant—that this book, the way that the things that he's saying in this book is so deep that a lot of people don't have the guts to touch on.
2: Yeah. You know, I'm just as I'm reading, I, I want to just go through the what each chapter discusses. You know, and I'm not going to go into detail on each chapter. I'm just going to read the title of each chapter. You know, because when you read the title of each, when I read these titles, you are going to definitely want to buy this book. The first chapter is World War Me. Chapter two is Fighting for Your Identity. Chapter three is The Fight is On. Chapter four I've Been Drafted. Chapter 5, and I believe this one, I like Chapter 5. I'm born for this. Chapter 6 is something that many of us are familiar with. I've been hit. Mm. Chapter 7, as I said earlier, dealing with pressure. Chapter 8, strategy for war. Chapter 9, which I read earlier, was implementing the battle plan. And, you know, I want to stop there. A lot of us have trouble with implementing the battle plan. We know exactly what we're supposed to do. We know exactly what we want to do. We know exactly how to do it. But we have trouble following through and implementing the plan. And so that chapter 9 is is definitely a chapter you want to read. Chapter 10, A Mind to Survive. Chapter 11, oh, this is a good one, too. Defeating the past. Because many of us, we let our past dictate our present and destroy our future. (laughs) You know, chapter 12 is fighting for control. Chapter 13, I like this one, too. I am the weapon of God. Chapter 14, which is probably the most important chapter in the book. Prayer is in my arsenal. Mm -hmm. Chapter 15 is guerrilla warfare. Chapter 16, counterintelligence. Chapter 17, a science of special forces. Chapter 18, desert storm. Chapter 19, D-Day. And the afterward is the veteran's hospital i'm telling y'all y'all want to read this book you want to read this book i get excited just by looking at the chapters of the book so i know reading the book is going to be just just an awesome read because it has it's just chock full of so much information and so much transparency you know and this is something that we need because so many people walk around with a veil you know a veil over their past uh, just you know, indiscretions and transgressions and they don't want you to know what they did when they were a certain age you know we have so many deacons and mothers of the church that are trying to hide their past because they're ashamed of it and you know there's nothing wrong with being ashamed of doing something wrong but the the problem is you want the reason you went through that the reason that you got through it is so that you can show somebody else how not to do it
0: that's right or how
2: not to get caught up in that situation, you know. We I have a good friend that I met on Facebook, and she she goes back and she counsels former porn stars, and she was a porn star herself, and now she goes out and she tries to get them out of that lifestyle and bring them closer to God because she you know and she talks about how seventy to eighty percent, I think the number maybe even higher of people that are in the porn industry ended up committing suicide. And I thought about, wow, if there's ever a time where they should read a book like World War Me, it's right now because that's what happened. These people go in thinking, I can make a lot of money, I can have a lot of fun, I can enjoy myself doing this because I like doing this, and they come out broken. They come out where they're mentally and physically drained and distraught and destroyed. And they know no other way of getting out of this other than killing themselves. Now, if you can imagine going into something with all this promise that they, that they show you. Look at the millions of billions of dollars we make every year in the, in the pornography industry. You can be rich. You can be famous. People will love you everywhere but the dark side that they don't tell you about. This is the way Satan works. He shows you glitz and glamour, but he doesn't show you all the hard work and the pain that it takes to get that. You see? He doesn't show you the ugly dark side of what he considers the best thing for you. You know, that's the trick of the enemy. And then when you kill yourself, when you end up in hell, he looks at you and says, "Up." Oh. Go on that, go on that in that, and and live in that little hut that I got for you. It's pretty hot in there, but it's okay. Everybody hot. <laughs> you see, he has nothing for you. As a matter of fact, he may not even give you a hut. He may just say, "Go, go sleep on top of that that hot rock." <laughs> you see, the devil has nothing for you. Satan has no reward for you.
1: And we have to decide who we're going to follow. We're going to fall short. There's no doubt about it. You will fall short. But the thing is to pick yourself up and to move on. Don't beat yourself up about something that, that you've fallen short in doing. Don't beat yourself up about that. And Brian, I'll say this. time that you're going through something, reach out and help somebody else. If you do that, this world will be a better place. And, Brian, you mentioned something about a lot of the older members in the church. They're afraid to talk about some of the things that they went through, but they're not afraid to look down on the little girls when they're coming in the church with the short dresses, and they toot their nose up at them, and they look at them as if they're the worst things in the world. And a lot of the deacons in the church who used to be pimps and did everything else out there in the world that could be done They look down on the brother that come in with the sagging and baggy pants. It's not your call to do that. Because what if God would have greeted you the way that you're greeting these people in the church?
0: Hmm.
1: That's the thing. When God cleans you up, there's no residue at all. You can't see the old person. You can't see that. But reach out and help someone. That's the thing. That's the most important thing. That's what it means to serve. That's what it means to serve is to reach out and say, you know what, my situation is an embarrassing one. But I've learned so much from it. My character is a lot stronger now. I know who I am. I didn't think I could handle something like this. But God showed me that my strength, that he's a lot stronger when I'm at my weakest point. And those are the things, Brian, that we need to remember. And we really need to look over our lives and say, you know what, who am I spending most of my time with? Who's in my ear more than anything? Who am I talking to more than anything? With all the problems that I have, who am I running to? And I guarantee you it's not not God. Who do I trust more? Because I can hear the person i can physically hear them talking well when you have that relationship with god you can actually feel him talking to you
0: mhm
1: because he's on the inside of you and it's not a dream it's real he's real because if it wasn't for him you wouldn't be you wouldn't be here today because tomorrow is not promised to any of us the next 5 minutes is not promised to us that's right We need to have a made-up mind that we're going to do and stay focused on him and live the lives that he created us to live. And we're going to reach back and help those that are falling and stumbling along the way. And that's why I applaud this brother for what he's doing, because that's exactly what he's doing. And you're going to have people, oh, he wrote that book so he can make money. You're going to hear that. If he would listen to that here, a lot of times, a lot of people wouldn't even go forward. But you have to press on, regardless of what people are saying, because guess what? They didn't believe in Jesus. A lot of people didn't. They cautioned him. And He didn't do anything wrong. So just know that you're going to be in the fire. You're going to be That's in it. the fire. But you can come out of it, too.
2: Yes. Greg, we got about three minutes left in the show. I want to give out... Uh... Pastor Bryant's websites. Okay, uh, you can go to the dot org. You can also go to Jamal dot org. And he's also got a Facebook account. He's got a YouTube account. He's he's got MySpace. He's got Twitter. This brother has
1: everywhere. <laughs> yeah,
2: he, yeah, okay. he he's pretty connected with uh you know with technology, which I think. It's important that you use the technology but not let it use you. And I think that's what's, what many people, when they hear about the Internet, they think, the internet. oh, the Internet's not good, the Internet's bad. Well, I think it's, it's really about how you use it. Because the way that Pastor Jamal Bryant uses it, he uses it to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so if he's using it in that manner, which, of course, he is, and he's probably... One of the more connected pastors, when it comes to the internet that I've seen, you know, he's using this for to his advantage, mm-hmm. to you know, to advance the kingdom. Mm-hmm. You know, so you want to go to his website? Uh, that's Jamal Bryant dot org. Also, his church website is empowermenttemple.org. dot org. And for the young brothers out there that are
1: listening, that are on the fence. Give him a try. I'm not talking about Pastor Jamal Bryant. I'm talking about God and having a relationship with him. You're struggling. You've gone through a lot. You've done a lot of things. You need to realize that your way is not working. You need to do something else. The true meaning of insanity is doing the same thing day in and day out, but you're also expecting different results, and that's not going to happen. The results are going to be the same. You're gonna have to make a. You're gonna have to make a decision to want to do what's right. No one else can do that for you, because at the end, every knee—not Brian, not just Brian's and Pastor Brian—every knee is going to bow.
0: That's it. Every
1: knee is gonna bow. So get to know him for yourself. Just try him. Just try him. And I guarantee you, your life will be changed forever.
2: And with that being said, you've been listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour. We thank you for joining us, and we ask that you join us again next week, as we'll have another wonderful and exciting show. Thank you, good evening, and God bless you all.